Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Foundation Church Podcast, where we desire to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. I'm your host, Austin Smith, and I'm with Jason Williams, the Senior Pastor of Foundation Church. Have you ever had a substitute teacher that either you just maybe don't like, maybe do like because they don't make you do work? Well, today on the podcast, we're going to talk about how we can identify that we are substituting God for an idol in our life and how we can make sure to keep God at the forefront of our life moving forward. Jason, uh, jump in on kind of what you thought of substitute teachers. Uh, What were your thoughts? Well, my favorite substitute teachers were the ones that would let us sleep or do nothing. And (laughs) if I'm being honest, and uh, you know, I didn't want to have to work in school, and some of that I regret, but... Uh, we had some really good substitute teachers and the aggressive ones that made us do our work that came in really like the teacher. Uh, I, you know, there was kind of a pause for me to say, hey, I really liked them. So just being honest, that's my weakness back when I was in school. Of course, I didn't know the Lord then, so lots changed. Yeah, I, I was in the same boat for sure. Substitute teachers, I liked the ones that didn't make me work, and the ones that did make me work, I did not like those. And so I, I think we kind of treat God that way a little bit. Yes. We'll substitute God in our life. Because, A, God wants us to learn. God wants us to grow. He wants us to get better in our life. Yes. But the substitutes don't. They want to keep us where we are. Yes. And so I believe that is a good contrast and a good thing that, you know, you can use as a representation of, hey, you know, that God wants this for us. God wants growth, but we have to allow him to do that for That's us. That's correct. Allow his spirit to get into us. But uh, we're going to hop in, and we've, we've just wrapped up the cow tipping series. And the past four weeks, we've been learning about how an idol is something that just takes place of God in our life. And we've learned that in the down times or delayed times that we're more susceptible to just filling those gaps with things that are not like God. Um, and even over the last two weeks before this recent message that we've done, or Jason preached, you know, we, we want to feel better about replacing God. We want to feel better about doing bad things in our life. So we'll get, get an accomplice. And we extended the series one week. And that, isn't that right, Jason? That's you know, correct. Extended it one week because that, that specific message was just really de- in-depth, you know, yes. how we want to feel better about what we're doing and just adding, adding something there and trying to get somebody to go along with us to make us feel better about it. So, Jason, you know, what are your thoughts on this series as a whole? Do you feel like it was something that was practical and where people can apply it? Uh, just really, really dig deep and be able to use this in their life. Absolutely. Extremely uh, practical and relatable. Uh, obviously, the story that we focused on was Exodus 32, and we saw that the people of God, when Moses was on the, the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments, uh, 40 days, 40 nights, Moses was there. Uh, the people got anxious because they didn't know what actually become of Moses. But Moses was in the presence of God getting a, a word from the Lord, and that's where he needed to be. But they wanted their leader there, and they got anxious. And that's where we got the phrase, the downtime or delayed time. We all have downtime. That's the time that's oftentimes not planned out like our jobs from 9 to 5, or if you work third shift and you work 12 hours, maybe it's 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., where it's kind of roadmap for you, where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing. And we saw you know, some various illustrations that are very relatable that sometimes people fall the hardest in their downtime. David was an example of that. But we also know that good margin, as we talked about in Mm -hmm. that message, 
actually, you know, safe margin where we're taking some time to rest and replenish. Even Jesus had margin. He got away from the people. He got with the Father, renewed himself, regained strength, because even though he was God, he was the God-man. And so he had to have a renewal of strength. And so that's why he would eat. That's why he would sleep. But he would seek the Father. And so good margin is actually helpful. And so a quote that we've used, people often fall the hardest or succeed the most in margin. Yeah. And so those downtimes, but thinking about the relatability factor, the delayed times, the times where we're waiting on God to do something, or we're in a difficult season of our life and we're looking for answers. Why am I here? Why has God allowed this? That's hard to accept for us. Yeah. And that's where the people of God were. So it's extremely relatable. They, they were not sure how to handle that delayed time when Moses delayed on the mountain and hadn't come down yet. And what we realize through this series is that, as we're going to talk about today, because we don't know how to handle them, our fear, our anxiety, oftentimes we'll take control and we'll step over the boundaries that God has for us. We want to feel protected. uh, We want to feel secure. And that's exactly what they wanted. They needed their leader who was pointing them to God. And God was that source of protection that brought them out of bondage in Egypt. And now all of a sudden that sense of leadership and protection, it seems like it's gone for them. And so they actually asked Aaron, hey, build us, take our goal, build us this golden calf, which was the idol. And um, where we got the phrase cow tipping from was they built this golden calf. And where I'm from, that's something that's just kind of an entertainment piece. You know, we we attempt to turn over a cow Mm -hmm. as if we could really do that, by the way. Uh, And but the goal is to remove, get rid of those self-made idols. And if we'll actually stop and evaluate our lives, every one of us, it can be technology to fill a downtime, a delayed time in our life. We use something as a coping mechanism that actually takes the place of God. It becomes a substitute, and that's what we're talking about right now. But in this series, we're realizing, as we've just kind of fleshed it out, God cannot be replaced. And so no matter what the substitute is, it cannot replace God. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, because there's only one God, His name is Jesus, and He is a jealous God, He will not allow a competitor of worship to exist in our lives. So I I would say it's extremely relatable. It it shows how we sometimes get very caught up in our emotions and push over the boundaries that God has set for us because we're so caught up in maybe fear or anxiety or personal agenda. Yeah, and even this week uh, someone was talking to me about the series, and they said, you know, you have the, you know, all the titles of the message, you're like, well, you know, what did you learn from this? And for me it was just in those down and delayed times, sometimes whenever I have times that I don't have anything to do is when sometimes you can really get caught up in things. Uh, For example, in high school. In high school, whenever I was home alone, I would get into things that I didn't need to get into. That's correct. And that even was through college. You know, a lot of times we can allow things and allow time to affect us. And, you know, sometimes people will get so busy that that can be a problem. They can get so worn out. I've even found out this week with some of the things that responsibilities I've had this week that if I don't take that time to rest, I'm just shot. And yes. when I say shot, I'm just tired. 
yeah. and I can't fully be effective for God if I don't get the rest that I need, the devotion time with Him, I find that that can become a substitute also. Well, you know what's interesting, Austin, it made me think about a, a passage. Uh, recently, I was teaching at uh, our local Christian academy, mm-hmm. and was teaching their chapel service, and I, I shared with them as they started their very first day, and they have 178 or 9 days of yep. education in a Christian environment. And so I shared with them Luke 2.52, and it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. I love that verse. Yeah, and I, and I broke it down to the four areas of growth that Jesus experienced. It says that he grew in wisdom. That's the mental. Yeah. Um, it says that he grew in stature. That's the physical, the body. Then it said he grew in his favor with God. That's the relationship, and I related it to the kids as our heart because that's where God is looking at. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to have margin so we can renew our minds and renew our hearts. And then it says that he grew in favor with man, and that was others. And that was the relational component of God working in us and how we treat others, how we love others through the love of Jesus Christ. Yep. And you know, as I was thinking about what you were just saying, we tend to fill those gaps in our lives with this or that. And sometimes we don't have safe margin or we don't even create margin because we're so caught up in filling our life to make ourselves feel valuable, to make ourselves feel important, to make ourselves feel better about Mm -hmm. how we're living our life. And then the end result is we burn out. And I know for me, you know, as much as I work, I have to be very careful of that. And so, and, and I would say to our listeners, you need to make sure you replenish yourself yeah. and don't try to overwork, but don't underwork. Yeah. And so replenish yourself. Think of your, your body. Think of your mind. Think of your heart. That is your relationship with God. And then think about your relationship with others, your reach for Him. Yeah. And, uh, and then allow God to fill every one of those areas um, because He cannot be replaced. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Jason's normally up at 4 a.m., and this yes. week I've gotten up earlier, but, man, I don't know how you do it sometimes. I'll be honest. Well, I, 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 some, I know by the grace of God that's how I'm able to do it. And, and trust me, there are days I wish I could sleep more, but yeah. um, I can't uh, many days, and most days that is. But God, you know, I still have to seek times of rest. Yeah. I still have to turn the phone off sometimes. I still have to spend time with quality time with my family. Mm-hmm. I have to escape and get away. I have to get off social media. Completely. Um, you know, because, I mean, it's, it's maybe sometimes people think they're getting some pleasure out of it. They're getting in information out of it. They th- but it's still, it's still something that distracts us from just the rest mode. Yeah. And, um, and just complete rest where you can just open your heart, your mind to God, and allow him to replenish you. Yeah. And so today, you know, just talking about, you know, why we create a substitute and reasons why you preached on this Sunday, but we're going to break it down and kind of use it as a, the why as an identifier. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about. And one of the reasons is we want to be in control. Yes. And we want to have control of the situation. We want to feel protected. All of us want to feel protected. I don't think there's anyone on this earth that wants to feel exposed and feel embarrassed and feel like, you know, everything's out there. I don't mm-hmm. believe there's a person out there that is like that. Uh, and we also want to do what we want. And yes. that can be evil. That can be sin. We just want to do what we want sometimes. And whether that is just anger, yes, you know, responding to people how we want to. Uh, I've even talked to my youth about that in the story of Daniel and how Daniel responds and also makes godly compromise 
in a wise way, not yes. just willy nilly. Um, that's my that's my terminology yes. for that. Not just willy nilly, but is wise compromise, and you know yes. that in the way we respond to people. And so you mentioned in your message, you know, that we attempt to create a substitute. Why do you think it's an attempt rather than something that is successful? Well, I think it goes back to the statement: God cannot be replaced. Yeah. And, you know, there's, the Bible is very clear, there's only one God. And so uh, to make it very practical in how we substitute God, you know, and create our own sense of uh, an, an idol in our life, let's say somebody who, who feels lonely. Um, because they feel lonely uh, and they feel empty on the inside, they could turn to drugs because they, they want to spice up their life, feel they want to have happiness. Yeah. Um, they could turn to just, you know, some people, let's face it, they, they just put themselves out there to just yeah. anyone and everyone because they feel lonely. Yeah. And so oftentimes they will compromise godly convictions just to try to fill that void of loneliness. Or yeah. somebody who says, I just don't feel like my life matters. And, you know, they, they look at their circumstances, they look at where they are in their situation, and it may be hard, it may be difficult. Yeah. But we don't get our identity or our purpose from our circumstances. Yeah. And so, but oftentimes we confuse that. And so because we get that confused, we might try to find our identity or our purpose in, in how many likes that we've got yeah. on social media, how many people affirmed us that week, how many people patted us on the back, how many job promotions did I get. But really we're created for more. We're created mm-hmm. for God. And so everything we do should be done for the Lord. Yep. And we get our identity, we get our security, we get our purpose, we get our peace, we get our joy. All of life is meant to be, as a Christian, to be dependent on God Yeah. so that He is sustaining us. Um, a person who just overworks themselves uh, because they want to feel valuable, they want to feel that they've contributed, and so they don't create safe margin in their life. They're damaging their relationship with God, and they're training themselves to be able to walk in the Spirit, and eventually that's going to catch up with them. And so creating this substitute is never successful because God cannot be replaced. He has to be number one. That's why the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation, where Jesus indicted them, he said, you have left your first love. You know, whenever that happens and we put something before God and over God, and we're more excited about something other than God in our lives, and He's not first, God's not going to be pleased with that. He's not going to settle for second place. Yeah, That's why He's a jealous God. Yeah, and for those of you who uh, watched Star Trek, um, I don't know if you remember well, it back in, the, back in the day. Um, it's a good, good show. But back in Star Trek, whenever they had the control center, um, they had the pilot, or not the pilot, the, the main guy who was focused on what was in front of them. Uh, focused on the vision, focused on the dream, focused on what was ahead. But everyone else was focused on kind of just everything else. They were focused on one specific thing rather than the broad spectrum. So think of it in this terms. God, when God is not on the throne and we're allowing other things to be on the throne of our heart, that vision's not there. Yes, It's not meant to see what's going on in front of us. Mm-hmm. Only God can do that. Yes. Only God can reveal to us and show us what's ahead. Uh, and everything else is there for a purpose. But whenever it's out of its purpose, then that's where we can find struggle. Yes. And oftentimes when we don't see what's ahead and we're in that waiting period yeah. is when we'll create the substitute. Uh, because we got to fill that space. We, mm-hmm. 
I mean, think of it. You're walking into a room and that awkward pause where everybody stops and looks at you. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Mm-mm. Nobody likes that experience where it feels awkward. It feels abnormal. It doesn't feel right. But we have to remember, as Christians, we walk by faith, yep. not by our feelings. And so what we have to do in those times is trust God. Don't allow a substitute to come in its place. If you are dealing with loneliness, uh, a couple things I would say to you is seek the Lord. I can remember times in my life after I came to Christ and all the friends that I knew at the time didn't know the Lord. And so I, as a young 18, 19-year-old young man, I was spending Friday and Saturday nights at home at my parents' house when everybody else was out partying and doing these all kinds of things. And, yep. and I, I felt all alone, but then I just I actually spent more time with God. Yeah. And, and I actually got more plugged into the church and more plugged into disciple-making relationships so that I could grow. And, and to be honest with you, I found myself experiencing more joy. Now, was it hard? Yes. You know, was it difficult? Yes. But it, there was more joy in my life. And I heard someone say this week, what's the difference between joy and happiness? Well, happiness is oftentimes based on our circumstances. So I yeah. go to the racetrack because I love racing. Man, it makes me happy. Uh, or for somebody who loves shopping, they might could go buy some clothes. That makes them happy. Yeah. But joy can be continual. It's not based on circumstances. It's based on Christ, and it's inward. Yeah. And so it can be there even when circumstances are difficult. And, yeah. uh, and so that's where we want to get people is in that position. They're not relying on a substitute. They're relying on God to complete them and sustain them in their life. Yeah, and circumstances change. I mean, bad circumstances always change, it, but God doesn't. And that's one of the things we have to realize. And earlier, Jason, you know, we talked about the why we create a substitute, listed off, listed off the reasons. But I believe, as I was studying, we can use these whys to identify when we are substituting for God in our life, whenever we're creating that substitute. You can use it as a practical way to see, okay, maybe I am trying to replace God. And I believe 2 Timothy 1.7 really encompasses what these identifiers are, I believe, is found in each of these ver- in each of the sections of this verse. Yes, um, it says, "For God gave us the spirit, or for God gave us the spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self control." Okay, so this verse means or mentions self control, and I believe we can use this to identify when we're creating a substitute God. You know, we're always wanting to be in control. We're always wanting to control the situation, handle what needs to be handled, try to jump ahead of what God may have for us. But we've got to have the self-control, not only of sin in our life, but of not trying to control situations, yeah. not trying to control maybe what God is trying to you know, slow us down on and not try to speed things up in our own process. And it's hard to identify when we, we know we have our part in the process, yeah. uh, whether it be our finances and being a good steward mm-hmm. or our jobs and you know trying to set the course on you know, quality work, but the environment around us may be difficult and there's a lot that we cannot control. There's always a fine balance there. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to completely identify. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I try to go back is if I'm getting frustrated over everybody else's part and I've done my part, yeah. then I have to rest in the Lord mm-hmm. because I can't control everyone. All I can control and focus on is me and Christ. Yeah. Now, I can encourage. I can try to motivate I can try to stimulate if if I've been given the authority to do that. But otherwise, I just have to rest in the Lord and not let myself get so worked up with fear 
over the things that I cannot control because we'll never be able to control everything. No, and I, I think that's something I've always struggled with. And not that I have, you know, just grown exponential. I have grown in the Lord, but sometimes I get frustrated because maybe other people aren't having that growth. And sometimes we have to just rest that God is moving people at their own pace. And, and, I, and I think you've made a valid point that the Lord just spoke to me about is that many people are not in church today because they saw something they couldn't control. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to remember that church and my involvement in church, my church attendance, is not about what I can control or see controlled. This is about Christ. And again, it's creating some kind of substitute of why we're there. We come for the Lord. Now, should we try to make sure everything in the church is right, honorable to Christ? Absolutely. Of course. But when it's out of our control, we still go with love and adoration for Christ. And don't let our eyes get so focused on everybody else because that's what Satan would love to happen. We keep our eyes and our love for Christ first. Yep. And we also want to feel protected. You know, we want to have control, but we also want to feel protected. And Second Timothy one seven again, you know, it mentions how God didn't give us a spirit of fear, and we have to realize that. You know, with protection, when we're, whenever we feel we're not protected, sometimes it can lead to fear. And you know, everyone wants their sense of security. Everyone wants that. But whenever we put it in something other than God, we're, we're putting a false sense of security there. Yes. Whenever we're putting it in something outside of God. Yes. Well, I mean. The truth is, God's sovereign. He's the one in control. Nobody else really is. Yeah. They may be in management. They may be in leadership. But God is the one that's sovereignly in control. The, mind of a, the Bible says the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. God's got the final say so. Yeah. So you know, the fact that we want to feel protected is a good thing. And, and I tell people all the time, actually God wants to protect us more than we want protection ourselves. Yeah, That's why he sent the Jesus, so that we could have a relationship with God, not have to experience eternity separated from the Lord. If that doesn't show he wants us to be protected. Now, in an evil world, do bad things happen? Absolutely. So we got to be diligent. we got to be responsible and respectful. But understand that we use this phrase, who's got my back? Yeah. Well, the Lord's looking after your back, your side, your front. He's looking after us. And that's where we need to rest and trust in God. Yeah. And so to kind of back up a little bit, and when we feel like we may be frustrated, and we may need to just rest in the Lord. We may need to rest in what He's trying to tell us. And whenever we may feel in a constant state of anxiety and fear and feeling like maybe we're not protected, maybe we feel like we don't have that security, we have to seek. That's to recognize. we got to recognize that maybe we need to seek God more. Maybe we need to get more time in prayer and realize that He has us. He's got a plan for us. It's not always going to be great and happy and wonderful. You know, sometimes we're going to have bad circumstances, but our circumstances don't control what God has for us. And so, you know, we also want to do what we want to do. Uh, That's just a part of who we are as humans, I believe. As sin nature, we want to do what we want to do. We want to, you know, tell off that person that cut us off in front of us. We want to let people know what we feel about them, even though it may not be good. We want to let them know that. And sometimes we just have to recognize that whenever we're feeling that way, we have to kind of back up and say, hey, what is God telling me to speak in this situation? I remember when I was a kid, I don't remember my age, but I remember I was young, and I went into the grocery store with my mother. 
Mm-hmm. And I used to love to go in. I would always want to go to the toy section. There was yep. actually a toy section in this grocery store. And I would always ask for something. This particular day, my mom, you know, again, I was young. I didn't know the Lord. My mom, I went up to her and asked her, I said, I want this car. Uh, and uh, she said, no, you can't have it. So anyway, I proceeded to go back to the toy section. I got a different car. But what was interesting is I stuck that car in my pocket, and I actually went outside and actually took the car and rubbed it in the, the pavement to put scratches on it as if it was old. Oh, man. And uh, I'll never forget that because I remember getting in the car, and I pulled the car out, and I'm just a little boy wanting to play with his car yep. that he just stole. And my mom actually says, where'd you get that car from? And I lied. I was a little boy, and I, mm-hmm. hey, I, we all got sinful flesh. And I lied, and I said, I actually uh, brought this from home. And she then began to question me and come out that I didn't. She made me walk in, apologize, and return. And, of course, she paid for the car as yep. well. And it was embarrassing. I remember thinking, and this always stuck out to me, but it's a prime example that sometimes mm-hmm. we want to do what we want to do yeah. regardless. we got to be careful. You know, listen, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. We've all got a rebellious heart. The Bible's very clear. Our hearts are desperately wicked, and who can know it? Only God. Mm-hmm. And so if our hearts are not aligned with Christ, and our minds are not controlled by Christ, uh, we will find ourselves overstepping the boundaries that God has set for us. And by the way, the boundaries are never there yeah. to just try to prevent some this idea that God doesn't want me to have joy or life. Yeah. Actually, it's there so that you can have joy in life. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, you know, if, we're, if God isn't at the forefront and we're not truly gravitating towards Him, if we're not gravitating towards Him, we're going to gravitate somewhere. And I feel like we'll gravitate more towards the bad things. Yes. Maybe gravitating towards being wrapped up in our circumstances, wrapped up in maybe a sin we're dealing with. I feel like if we're not gravitating towards God, it's not like you're just going to be sitting there. You're going to gravitate somewhere because yes. we're naturally as humans going to gravitate towards what our focus is. And I think here's a good closing statement. Every day that we don't take time margin yeah. with God and re- so that we can allow Him to replenish us and rest in Him, every day we do that is a day our heart and our mind is getting attached to something else or someone else. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's a slow but can be a quick trap where all of a sudden God is not on the throne of our heart, as you spoke of a while ago, yeah. and he's not first place. Yeah, and I also I'll close with this, if you don't mind. Uh, Michael, Michael Todd, which is the pastor of Transformation Church, it was last year I actually seen it on my Facebook memories that I'd shared this video, and he talks about we wake up every day. Sometimes we feel like when we're saved, we automatically are just full of spirit, full of good things. We're never going to do anything bad. But he says we wake up and we can choose to be spirit-controlled or sin-controlled. Yes. And it's, it's so true. If we wake up renewing our mind in Christ, renewing our mind in the spirit, then we're going to try to our best to do spirit-led things. But if we're waking up, wake up angry, we wake up mad, not seeking God, then we're going to have a bad day, so that's to right. speak. You know, and that, I believe that's something we have to realize is we got to wake up spirit-controlled and not yes. sin-controlled. Thank you for joining us today. We're, we're really thankful that you're consistently joining us, those of you who 
are in the area, maybe you're not in the area, uh, every Monday, uh, normally every Monday, we have uh, Facebook Live. It's just kind of a church online that we do to where we can interact with others, just share comments, maybe thoughts we had on the message. It'd be good if you joined us at Foundation Church on Facebook. And uh, it's kind of, again, our online community. And we just want you to be able to connect. We want you to be able to uh, grow, closer to, grow closer to the Lord and just uh, gravitate towards Him. Yes. And also you can uh, go to our website at cometothefoundation.org and continue to listen to this podcast. Just get connected. And also I think Jason mentioned this last week. You, know, you mentioned the algorithm and getting more content out there. The more you like this, the more you share it, the more you review it, the more it gets out there. We yeah. just want the message of uh, Christ to be shared. We just want people to grow closer to Him. Uh, yes. We don't want to make it about us. We just want Christ to be shown. And I pray that you would do that. pray that you would just rate, review, share, and I uh, pray that you would just continue to join us. You're part of our family, and but we want others to be a part of that family. So yes. if you'll take just quick two minutes and review this podcast, and it can reach more people, and more people can be a part of the family. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.